Hey friend, I'm super excited to dive into this episode. But before we do, I wanted to come in here and personally invite you to Radiant Era. Radiant Era will help you create habits and rituals that support you, not deplete you. Get this, if you're experiencing dissatisfaction in any area of your life, you can trace it back to your habits. That's how powerful they are. Building and practicing new habits can help you trust yourself more than ever, build confidence, create better boundaries, become the woman of high self-integrity that you desire to be because you are keeping your word to yourself. Inside Radiant Era, you'll have all the tools and support that you need to create radiant rituals, better boundaries, and speak up unfiltered and unafraid. When you join Radiant Era, you get instant access to the library of content via a private podcast, which I know you'll love, and you get a group coaching call, which is on the first Wednesday of the month. So it is coming up here. We would love to welcome you in, help you really step into bold, decisive action, create change in your life, and build the self-trust that will support you in all areas of your life. It is time to step into your Radiant Era. For the link to join and more information, just DM me the word Radiant on Instagram. My Instagram is at Erica with a C dot a King A K I N G B O Y E. Or you can check out the show notes below. Say it with me. This is my radiant era. Hope to see you inside. It's good to walk along with people in that and not be alone. And in being vulnerable, I thought this could have two outcomes. It could make me feel even more alone and <laughs> more. It could help me find people who understand me or are going to the same thing. Welcome to What's Her Story, the podcast for ambitious women who are ready to use their story as a catalyst for change. I'm your host, Erica Akingwe, bestselling author, content strategist, and author coach to high-achieving, globally-minded women. I started this podcast because honestly, I'm nosy. Every time I see a woman shining, living aligned and abundant in life and business, I wonder, ooh, what's her story? I know this, women who believe in themselves and their story are better equipped to help others transform. So if you're ready to connect over honest conversations and be inspired by other impact-driven women, you're in the right place. Sit back, relax. And welcome to the What's Your Story podcast. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the What's Your Story podcast. Have you ever found yourself in the middle of something? (laughs) You've set out for a goal or a new challenge and the beginning is really exciting and you're still clear and have the momentum of motivation from the beginning. And then there comes a time where you just stop and look around and you're like, oh my gosh, it is definitely the messy middle. That is what today's episode is all about. My guest is 
a master at navigating the messy middle of motherhood and the messy middle of writing a book. We had such a wonderful conversation as her book just released into the world. So I hope you grab a copy. My guest today is Megan Kaler. She is a writer from a small town in Muskegon, Michigan. She now lives in Florida, right down the road from me, with her husband, Ben, and three children. She loves her church, family, friendships, and laughing about the chaos and beauty of parenthood. Her book, called I'm Praying for You Mama, just released for order, and as you know, I'm nosy, so I asked all the questions about the messy middle of becoming a writer, becoming a parent, and then becoming an author of this book that took quite a long time. She's going to share all about her journey. And I just want you to think about maybe you're in a messy middle. You have your own middle of the road mess. Today, we're going to talk about being able to embrace the process, like really enjoy and find pleasure in the process by letting go of pressure. What if we could move through the messy middle with pleasure, not pressure, that we could be present with what's going on, that we could find beauty in the middle of the chaos, that we can find connection in the middle of the mess. That is my hope for you today. And I hope that as you listen to this conversation, you can see ways that you can navigate your messy middle by embracing the process and letting go of the pressure. Welcome to the What's Your Story podcast, Megan. Hi, Eric. I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. Oh, it's fun because we're like friends in real life, like actually see each other. Not as much now that our church schedules have changed a little bit, but like I don't have a lot of in real life friends on the podcast. So I'm like, yes, Megan, come on down. Yes, so. I was so excited that you asked me to be on your podcast because you are so inspiring. I feel like every time I see you, you just lift people up. And I don't know if people can see you because I just hear your voice, but you have the best smile and you're just like a light. So I am so excited to be here today. Oh, thank you so much for that. I feel the same way about you. I, I really think our lights just drew ourselves together and, yes. you know, like just magnetized. So thank oh. you for being here. Absolutely. So I love that. Yes, we, we both live here in Florida now, but you're originally from Michigan. I've given some of your bio already to the people. And I love that we have that Midwestern background as well. And you're a writer now, but it, it, you've been a writer for quite some time and wanted to be a writer for quite some time. So I would love for you to just share a little bit about what sparked writing for you and what has been that journey, of, that evolution of Megan the writer. Yeah, Wow. Well, I, like you were saying, I am from a small town in Michigan called Muskegon. It's near Grand Rapids. If you're looking at the mitt in here, it's kind of down here by the water. Um, it's a really great place to live. Um, a lot of beautiful scenery and lakes, and I just love it there. 
And actually in my book, I was writing, I wrote like a little introduction for everyone on just how I kind of started to get this feeling that I really wanted to write something someday. And um, one of those people or authors that inspired me to begin writing was Dr. Seuss. So when I was a kid, I remember my mom took me to go see how the Grinch stole Christmas at Christmas time one year. I was so excited and I had heard his books. Obviously, my mom read them to me at home and my grandparents and we hear them in school. But when I went to her to watch the movie, I just remember sitting there and I remember the opening scene. There's like, if you've ever seen the Grinch, how the Grinch stole Christmas with Jim Carrey, um, there's like these snowflakes that start to fall and the narrator starts to tell this story and he's telling it in like the movie version it's not like he's reading the book but as he narrates he's using like these rhyming words that dr seuss uses to tell this this story and i don't know what it was but it just gave me goosebumps and i had to be like probably nine or ten years old but I just remember, Cash, like I was already so drawn into this movie and it all started from a book that Dr. Seuss had written. And I just thought to myself, you know, someday I want to write a book that draws people in and just gives them maybe the same goosebumps I'm feeling right now. And I didn't know if that meant it was going to be nonfiction or fiction. To be honest, you know, Dr. Seuss's books, those are not real. So I was thinking I would go more down that path. Um, But I ended up writing a book that was about my life more so and about something that is totally real, which is the Bible and God's word. And so um, I always get those mixed up, fiction and nonfiction. So fiction is... The stories, imagination... Yep. And then nonfiction's like real life facts, expertise, knowledge. Yes. I always pictured writing a fiction book that really gave people the goosies and drew them in. But I ended up writing a nonfiction book about something in my life that, you know, gave me so much joy and the goosebumps, I guess. And that was becoming a wife and a mother and just life and how God is a part of it. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, thinking to myself, there's nothing more amazing than the ways you see God presented in your life. And as he opens your eyes to that, it's really hard not to get goosebumps and just like really feel because that's real. That's a real feeling. And it's just amazing. So I was really inspired by Dr. Seuss. And yeah. I love that. I love that we evolve our vision. Your your vision of being a writer has stayed steady. It's just like you grew up from that nine-year-old who's thinking in stories to now like, oh my gosh, my life is a story and my life can be that same captivating goosebumps of sharing. Like, I, I love that we connect on the messy parts of motherhood. It's not like... This is what to do to have like perfect anything, kids or laundry piles. It's like the connection of, oh, this is motherhood. This is the life. 
is actually what <laughs> which yeah. is so much good but it's so much other stuff that you like so many emotions go into it that you would have never even expected and it just transitions over time too like I know that Erica you have older children now that are entering like their middle school ele- late elementary middle school yeah going into fifth and eighth so yeah, yeah. so that like a whole nother phase and it's gonna continue to change yes which is beautiful because then we can continue to evolve with them and see through a new lens or even as a writer just like you started as a kid to now having littles pretty soon they're going to be in the middle and you're going to have a whole new perspective of okay let me share this part this is interesting let me walk myself through this yes so your book, which just came out July 21st, it's hot off the press. It's so exciting. It's called I'm Praying for Your Mama. And people can get the book in the show notes, also on Amazon. Your book came about in such a beautiful, organic way in that it started from a blog. Can you share a little bit like when did you start blogging and why? Because one thing I know about mothering littles is there's not a ton of extra time. So when we when we put our time into something, it's usually meaningful or fills our cup or entertaining in some way. And so I'm I'm curious like what made you think like, all right, this is what I'm gonna start doing now. Absolutely. You're so right because time is limited and it's of the essence. So basically my journey kind of really started when I was in college. I wanted to be a journalist. I was really inspired to do that. Um, Like I said, as a child, I was inspired. And so what I did was I took this internship at a women's lifestyle magazine in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I started writing for this amazing editor. And she was tough and she was hardcore. And um, I think that's the best way to learn is to have someone crack down on you. (laughs) Um, Not let you get away with any airs, anything, no funny business whatsoever. So um, she was a very strong woman and she cared about her magazine so much. So everything that was in it, it had to be perfect. And I wrote for her. And basically, I started by going around downtown Grand Rapids and interviewing small business owners on their business. And I would kind of give my own review and feedback. And they were all usually good reviews and feedback as well. And just kind of telling like how they came about, what they were selling. And from there, I moved to Muskegon after I graduated college and we had my daughter Haley And I still wanted to do that, but we didn't live in Grand Rapids anymore. So the Women's Lifestyle Magazine in Muskegon, it was also there. And these are, okay, so if you go into a grocery store, this probably doesn't happen much anymore, but there's always a rack with newspapers. And this Mm -hmm. magazine was on these racks and it was a paperback like city magazine. And I'm not sure if it still exists 
because that was a really fading industry at the time, but we were still thriving in it and enjoying it. And the editors, they just wanted to keep it alive as long as it would be alive. But um, so when we moved to Muskegon, I started my own column in their magazine about fashion in the city. So I would go to certain boutiques and it was so fun. And I would try on their things and see what they were like selling there and how to put things together. And the demographic was like maybe 22 to even like up to 72 years old, maybe. Wow. But we had a big range of women that we were reaching out to and... Then me and my husband started traveling. So I was kind of like, okay, well, and I was staying at home at that time and I just loved writing. And I was like, I don't know, you know, how to pursue this anymore because I'm not in a city. I don't have any of my connections. And we had my daughter, Haley, and we had my son, Chandler, and my daughter, Sunny. And at that point, I think I was thinking, okay, I have so many emotions, so many good emotions, (laughs) so many crazy emotions. Sometimes I don't know if this is normal or not normal (laughs) when I'm experiencing. And it was all over the place, chaos all the time. And it was beautiful, but it was chaos. And I thought, I'm going to write a blog and just see if there's other women out there that can relate to me and what I'm specifically going through. Because I feel like When you go to like a library or a play date, sometimes you get to meet these amazing moms and you make friends with them, but sometimes they're not exactly going through the same thing or they don't really understand. Like, for example, if you meet a bunch of moms that are breastfeeding and you're formula feeding, you know, two wonderful things that are happening, but they're just different. Mm -hmm. And so it was my way of saying, okay, this is what I'm going through world. I'm going to be vulnerable and just put it mm-hmm. out there. I felt encouraged when women would comment on them because there were many times where I'd only get maybe a few people that would even interact with it. And that can be discouraging, I think, for writers. Mm-hmm. When, like, people aren't reading their writing or mm-hmm. they just feel like they're doing this and they don't know what the purpose is. Mm-hmm. But there would be a few times where I would get a lot of feedback and people would be like, you know, thank you for just voicing that because I felt that today and mm-hmm. I feel justified. And mm-hmm. that for me made me feel justified. You know, mm-hmm. I felt good too. And I was like, okay, see, I'm not the only one. And mm-hmm. I'm just so glad, you know, moms really need to come together. Dads parents, grandparents, every stage you're in, I feel like it's good to walk along with people in that and not be alone. And in being vulnerable, I thought this could have two outcomes. It could make me feel even more alone (laughs) or it could help me find people who understand me or are going through the same thing. And I just found that many different women and moms and parents related to many different articles I wrote so it was all I love that about the vulnerability yeah because it does feel like sometimes online like writing you know whether it's a blog social media or putting your book out into the world it does require a level of vulnerability and I've been really thinking about the connection between vulnerability and being brave 
And being vulnerable is such an act of bravery, of courage, because you're putting it out there. And like you said, you don't know what the response is going to be. And so being grounded in, okay, this is meaningful, even if no one listens to it, because it's a way that I can process my emotions and I can even commemorate what stages my kids are in or what's going on. That vulnerable place is such a beautiful place of connection. And so I love that you provided that with your bravery and saying, okay, I'm going to, I don't know if anyone else feels this way. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, and then what a beautiful response you've had. So how yes. long were you blogging? So I was blogging for that specific blog. It's called Crazy Town. And okay. so perfect. Sorry, I, just have to, I love it. And um, yeah, because it's literally Crazy Town all the time at my house. And um. I was blogging for about three years, I think, at that point that I decided to write the book. So and then I stopped blogging and I specifically worked on my book and I wrote new things, exclusives that were only going to be in the book. So Mm -hmm. I kind of stopped with the blog for a moment to pursue this instead. Amazing. I love that you were able to package up what you were already consistently and faithfully doing. Because I know that those small steps can feel like, does it matter? Or, you know, is it leading to anything? But when you can look back and say, wow, I was faithful and little, and now it's coming to much, you know, of packaging up in a book so beautifully, adding that extra. I love this reminder to everyone who's doing the little things that feel like, all right, I am in the wee hours of the morning doing my writing. I hope it goes somewhere. I hope someone reads it. That is so true. I, I totally agree. I think that blogging is so helpful in a way because I think when we are writing a book, we think, okay, I want to have my book right now in front of me. I need to be done 17 chapters, you know, this umpting amount of pages. And that's really daunting. And I feel like we kind of get caught up in that. So at least for my journey with writing my book, it was a three-year journey, which I don't think, you know, writing a book always takes that long. It could take longer or it could take shorter time. But I do think it was good for me to slowly write it and not put pressure on myself. My husband says that to me all the time, you know, like don't put pressure on yourself to do something, you know, enjoy it, enjoy the process. Otherwise, I just get all up in my head and I overthink, which many of us do overthink things. And I think it's very human for us to want instant gratification and instant like success, instant like, okay, I want to write a book. It needs to be done in like six months for me to be happy about this. And life isn't like that, especially when you do have a family, you have little ones. For me, as for me, as example, it's just hard to, you know, focus so solely on something because I have to divide my time into so many different parts. But even as just a writer who doesn't have that going on, who writes for a career, it's just a lot of emotion and energy that goes into writing. And I know this from writing articles 
in trying to make them perfect for mm-hmm. my editor that it, there's just so much that goes into it and it's not as easy as writing a chapter a day or doing something like that it's a very delicate and long process and you just got to try to enjoy it and not put so much deadline and pressure on yourself mm, that's such a valuable tip rather you're writing or anything like enjoying the process because isn't our life really just a whole bunch of mundane things in the middle of a long process <laughs> right so if we can really savor it and like you said something about not putting pressure on if we could make decisions or spend our time and focus on the pleasure of the process instead of out of a place of pressure oh my gosh like so many beautiful things would grow out of that pleasure because we're focused then on being present even in the messy middle of motherhood or the messy middle of writing a book, so much better. Yeah, I always think of that Christian song. I can't think of the singer right now, but it's called Keep Me in the Moment because I don't want to miss what you have for me. And it's just so true that I feel like a lot of us think of the past and the things in the past and we dwell and we we have, and it's good to reflect on memories, but we do, we just some of us kind of stay in those moments. And then there's some of us that, what am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing next week? What are we doing next year? You know what? We got to keep moving. We got to keep doing this and that. And um, it's so true. It's just good to pray to just keep you in this moment because today he has something for you. And tomorrow will hopefully come. Yesterday is behind us and we either got to enjoy it or learn from it. And now we get this moment to live in and we just really need to savor that because it's very precious and we forget to do that. Yes, yes, yes. I love that your book process was long, three years. Like I remember us talking about, I think one of the first times I really met you, it I don't know what started, but you're like, I'm writing a book. I was like, oh my gosh, I wrote a book. Like, let's talk. Right. And it does feel like ages ago. And so for the book to come out now is like even more of a celebration because there was a whole lot of, it's not that overnight success of like the books here. It's, oh no, there was a lot of hours and processing and you worked with a publisher which I would love to get nosy about and dig in. Yeah. Like, did you send out proposals? Did you look for the publisher or did they find you? Like, what was that first initial interaction? So I made a decision to research at least five publishers that I really thought were kind of in tune with what I was writing. And I liked the books that they were publishing. And a couple of them were like Christian-based or had published other motherhood, parenthood books before. So I submitted my book, my manuscript to five publishers. And that in itself was a whole process because once I submitted, there was a few that I heard back from what right away. I had two rejections. I had one that said it just wasn't what they were looking for. And it wasn't in the same kind of genre as the other books that they were putting out there at the moment. 
And those were the two rejections that I had gotten. They were kind of similar. There was two publishers I'd never heard back from. And I don't know if it got lost somewhere or, but I waited six months and I didn't hear anything from anyone else. And I remember telling my husband, okay, I might have to go a different route because I, you know, had to see, this is where the process can get so daunting and it can be really discouraging. And I just hope that you continue on if you're writing a book and you're putting it out there to publishers, because after about eight months, I think it was, I had one publisher reach out to me with the final one. Well, one of the three I hadn't heard from and they loved it and they were like, let's do it. We want to publish. And I was so ecstatic because I really, I did. I felt so discouraged from the eight month away that it took. So we did, we began that process. So what we had to do was I had to submit a picture and my bio and kind of what I wanted my cover to look like. The true reason I wanted to go with a publisher was because I was new at publishing a book. And so I wanted someone to kind of walk me through that process. But it definitely came with its ups and downs. Like they sent me over a cover for my book. And I don't (laughs) want to say anything bad about my publisher because they have been so great. But it wasn't what I was thinking at all. And it was um, the chills that you were hoping for. It didn't. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And I just want to be real and honest. And that's that's the truth. I was just like, oh, okay, not my vision, not what I was thinking. But I was very appreciative to them. I was like, thank you for taking the time to come up with something. But I went on Canva myself and I sent them this. I felt like, There should be kind of like noise and chaos with toys, more things like that on my cover. So Mm -hmm. I created this myself on campus and I sent it to them and they approved it. Uh, (laughs) We're moving forward. We're past that. Amazing. Because we were like a true team because this book is theirs as well. It has their name on it. And that's another thing with going with a publisher is... Yeah, that you get royalties, but they are also making money off your book. So they have say in some of these aspects. Mm-hmm. So Austin McCulley really let me aid them through the cover process. And I was grateful for that. When it came to the other thing that was a little daunting was once the editing process finally happened, I just was feeling a little discouraged. So when we went through the editing process, in my head, I was like, okay, I've read this so many times. They had their own edits and I read through their edits and I said, okay, this is great. Like your edits look good. I'm going to approve. And big mistake, don't do this if you are writing is please read over your manuscript again and again and again. Because um, when I did get my final copy in the mail, I was so ecstatic. It was like, We're, we made it. We're here. But there was a few, very few editing errors that I was really kind of disappointed about. I sent my editor an email and I was like, oh, you know, we need to fix these. And they honored that. And they were like, oh, okay, you're right. Like these should, we should have caught these and we are going to fix them. So actually my book is already getting a second edition 
because oh, wow. the that's out right now has a few misprints. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think in the process, I was so excited and I had read it so many times. I was like, let's just move forward. Like you read it. I read it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really came back to get me in the end. And um, mm-hmm. that week before release was actually a very stressful week for me because I was calling them like, we have to stop printing. We have to mm-hmm. fix this. And they said, you know, this it's too late. You already have pre-orders. So now for the people who are pre-ordering over the next couple of weeks, they are actually getting the original copy. But if you order more towards October, November, you will get a brand new edition of my book that has been re-edited again. Just the biggest advice with going through a publisher, I would say, is always read over everything, read it thoroughly. These are your words. This is your book. So you want it to be the way that you expect it when you have it in your hands. So don't put all your faith into a company because they're doing the best they can, but everyone's human. And so that was the one mistake that I learned, you know. Very valuable. Yes. (laughs) That's stressful, but valuable. That is, especially since you have the background in writing professionally and editing, like your your eye is going to catch every little detail. And so your standard of excellence is going to be high, which when we have a book and it lives on the shelves forever or in people's homes, like, yes, we want (laughs) that level of excellence. A very valuable lesson. Thank you for also... Extending that lesson to all of us. You're welcome. See, I like I said, this is very vulnerable because like I just said, I'm human and there were errors and I totally panicked. And I think a lot of us look at all these other writers and we think, oh, like it was probably so easy. It was probably flawless. And I really had to talk myself through that. I think there was a book that just came out called Freedom. And it's by a man that is critically acclaimed. He's a New York Times bestseller. And he released a book and the publisher accidentally released his original manuscript. So there was many errors, so many. And he wanted them to recall the book, which they did. But that's the thing, like, in our heads, I feel like we read books, like my favorite book. And I think, wow, this is so great. Like, I... Just am so impressed that someone wrote this and it's just flawless to me. But the process is not flawless at (laughs) all. And like I said, I'm already having a second edition. So it takes improvement and growth and fixing things even and recalling your book like that man had to do. And Mm. just like I had to do, I um, I had to go through the editing process again. And I have, you know, people that are buying my original copy and, you know, I'm praying for grace with, you know, the errors and mistakes. So, yeah. Oh, I I love that you're owning your story. It's so powerful when we can own our story and be like, all right, y'all, get my book and then skip over these things. If you even see them, you're just owning it. It's not like a going to be a secret or surprise you know, and, and that's a really powerful part of 
owning our story, owning our voices, then there's not this, you know, leverage, quote unquote, against us or anything. It's like, oh, yeah, like this was part of the process. She already told me this was going to be in here. <laughs> right. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Open circle your book as you go. <laughs> I'm giving away a prize for anyone who finds all eight errors. <laughs> all the errors. I'll tell you how many there are. Do you find them all? <laughs> That's so funny. That could be so fun. <laughs> right. Uh, well, oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing like behind the scenes of not just your writing journey, but then the, your book journey and your book launch. Um, I was really excited. I messaged you. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to come to Barnes and Noble too. And then I saw that it was in Michigan. I'm like, okay, now you have to do some events locally. I will be there. Count on me. I will help you and things because just because the book is out, that's just the beginning of a whole new journey of yeah. promoting and launch and book parties. Really, honestly, it's up up to your imagination um, oh for how how many different fun ways you can promote a book so i'm just curious like what's one thing that you're really excited about when it comes to like your book launch or promotion i think at least for muskegon michigan i'm going there to visit and i called the barnes and noble because my book is available on barnes and noble's website so I called my hometown, Barnes & Noble, that I have been in many, many times. And I asked them if they would be willing to let me come in and sign the book and if they would let me have the book on their shelves. And they agreed to put five books on their shelf in their Christian section. And they agreed to have let me have a book signing. And that is just so exciting. I think to myself, you know, that doesn't even feel real. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's just exciting and it's just surreal to be able to do something like that. So I think that's the biggest thing. I have a dedication page and it's for my husband and our children, Haley Chandler and Sonny. And I thank God in my dedication for putting this fire in my heart to write this. But I just can't believe something that they inspired me to do and that they the book is truly about my children and my husband and my relationship with God. And you can actually, as you read my book, you can see how my faith progresses, which is one of the things I love about my book is that by the end, it's totally different person mm. in faith than the woman that began to write that book. If you can literally see my walk with Jesus through parenthood, and how much closer we became even towards the end. And I even continue to grow with Jesus, but um, you can see that progression. And the fact that something like that is just on a shelf somewhere for someone to consider buying yeah. is amazing. My book is at Barnes & Noble in Muskegon. On their website, it's available, but it's truly for parents and mothers fathers, grandparents, aunts. My friend wanted me to throw that in there. <laughs> Anyone who is a guardian in some way, this is a good book for them and a great baby shower gift. It's just for those that, you know, know what it's like to be walking through that time where your 
kids or the children you're looking after are young and it is messy and crazy and beautiful, but there's a lot of ups and downs. And I use scripture. So this book is actually meant to be a devotional. So um, there's scripture before each chapter that kind of relate to what's to come in that chapter. And then at the end, I pray myself through that moment. And that was like an authentic prayer I was saying at that time in my life. And I just wanted to show, you know, guardians how we can use scripture and have it be relevant in this time with our children or with the kids we're caring for and um, how we can pray to God and become closer with him and have him walk through us in those moments. And that's truly what I wanted to put out there in my book. So the fact that that is on a shelf and it's available is just incredible. What a like full circle moment because it's in your hometown, like Muskegon. Is that how you say it? Muskegon? Muskegon, yes. From Michigan. Like I got full body chills when you said that. Like they said yes and it's in in my town where it like started. Like even though you don't live there currently, that yeah. whole moment coming back. Oh my gosh, that is that is your Dr. Seuss moment. <laughs> my Dr. Seuss moment. I love that. 100%. If you told me as a nine to 10 year old girl that, you know, someday when I was 32 and it would take a while, but someday I would have a book in that Barnes and Noble. I don't know if I would have believed that, but it is happening. And that is the process. It's just, yeah. it's never too late. It's never too long. And if you really want to do that, if you really want to make a book and write one, um, do it. it. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Just do it. And, you know, it will happen. Anything you want to happen, you can make happen. So beautiful. And enjoy the process. And enjoy the process. Yes. No pressure. No pressure. Yes. All pleasure and savoring the process. Oh my gosh. So, so good. Megan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. I know other people are feeling the goosebumps. Like I got them several times. So, uh, thank you. I like to end every conversation with two questions. And the first one is, what has been an impactful book that has helped you in your journey to where you are today? <laughs> but, well, I prepared for these, like I told you, so I'd be ready. Um, and other than Dr. Seuss, who I've already brought up, which when I read him to my kids, it just brings me back. And I just feel like it's so important for kids to have books available and to read these books because it does it lights a fire and it might seem like a silly you know rhyming book at the time but it's it's really more impactful than that but the two books in my adulthood that I had read that really helped me with my journey not as so much as an author because I always had that fire in my heart to be a writer but um I read a book called a Cross-Centered Life by C.J. Mahaney. I don't, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but Mahaney. And these two books, I'm going to say, they just really helped me with my faith. And he really explains the gospel and just how the cross is at the center of everything. And, you know, Jesus died for us on the cross. And it's just 
I don't want to say it's as simple as that, but it really is. And it's just an amazing book that really helped me on my journey with Jesus during parenthood. And another book that I had read was called Chasing the Roar by Ariel Tyson. And um, she just did an amazing job at writing that book. And it was just really how to chase after a relationship with God. Because I do think that many of us sometimes were like, um, where are you, God? Uh, where are you in this situation? And I think we forget that we need to also seek him. And even though he is always pursuing us and he always loves us, he's always seeking us. We also need to chase the roar, like she says, chase after him and find that relationship. And that's like I was kind of telling you throughout my book, you can kind of see how I am chasing after that relationship and chasing after Jesus and just, you know, wanting his guidance, wanting his help. And I needed to seek that. That wasn't something, you know, I could just sit and not pray over and have it come to me. It was something I needed to seek. So that was a great book on how to, you know, dive in deeper with him. Well, I love those. I want to check those out as well. And I will link them in the show notes. Great, great, great. I'll add it to the list. The second question, because I know that there's a great tendency for us to consume more or to learn more or but then we need to take action and how can we like really take that first step or embody what's important to us so my second question is what confident action step would you like to leave with our podcast family I would just say, especially for those that are writing a book or pursuing this path, whether it's a blog or, you know, you're writing for a newspaper or a magazine, if it's anything, just take it day by day and don't rush the process. Live in the moment. Because I do know, like I, we were talking about before, we kind of want to see this flag at the end and we want to get there so quickly and if we get there we feel like you know we've made it we succeeded but really it's just we need to live in the moment enjoy the process like we've been talking about and just take our time and give all of ourselves to that moment too because like I was saying earlier I really was looking for that end goal. And I was like, let's go, let's go. And that kind of caught up to me and my editor. And I think if we would have slowed down in that moment, and we would have maybe caught some more things. And so just for anyone else who's going through the process, live in the moment, take your time, bake it what you wanted to bake it into. And don't give up on writing either. Even if one person reads it or a million people read it, it's important to put your voice out there. Changing one life is a huge deal. It doesn't have to be a million lives. It doesn't have to be, you know, a hundred. Just one life that you reach, one person, it's so impactful and important. And I think sometimes in society, we think, oh, I have to have a million followers or um, if a million people don't read this, like what's the point if I don't do this and this? And 
I think if you in your lifetime reach one person, you did exactly what God wants you to do. So just remember that and don't give up because there's someone out there that you are probably going to help throughout the process. One day at a time, one person at a time. A hundred percent. You just said it so much simpler than I could have said it. See, this is why I write because it can't be that simple. No, you had a beautiful explanation. I just, I I felt every word that was just the boiling point of, okay, one day at a time, one person at a time. Such a great, confident action step that we can all take today, right now. So thank you. So Megan, where can the people connect with you? I've linked to your book. So where can they find you? So you can find my blog at I'm Crayon. It's actually, my book is called I'm Crayon, like with I-N-G. But my my um website, if you don't mind posting this, maybe Erica, yep. is I'm Crayon with an N, foryoumama.org. So you can find all my blogs there. They come with pictures and things like that. And also on Instagram, Megan Kaler, you can find me on there. And I'm always posting on there as well. And um, yeah, hopefully I will be in the Tampa area doing a book signing very soon. So that is my next goal. That's amazing. Yes, everyone needs to come to Tampa because it's been a balmy hundred and something degrees. but. It's been so hot. We need you down here. Please let me know when you're having those, not only for me to show up, but I would love to share with um, my community as well. So, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I will link all the things in the show notes for you all. Thank you so much, Megan, for sharing your story. Yes. And thank you, Eric, for just, you know, having women on here so that we can share with others. This is just so inspiring and meaningful. So thank you so much. Ah, You're welcome. My pleasure. And thank you, friend, for tuning in to What's Her Story. I would love for this week you to seek purpose over perfection and use your story as a catalyst for change. Thanks for listening to What's Her Story. I love spending time with you. Now, I'd love for you to subscribe rate and leave a review because I love hearing from you. And if you found value in this episode, share it with a friend and then come hang out with me on Instagram at Erica Akingboye. Be sure to check out the show notes. I've included all important notes and links, including how you can get the latest free download that is exactly how to use your story to create social change. I'll be back here next week and hope you will be too. See you there, friend.